shutdown government of washington dc uh i'm your host ryan and with me as always is matt how are you tonight matt i'm doing great how are you ryan oh i see you You do not have a sleeping three-year-old beside you well yeah or or either that or i just don't care wake up boom we can't stop we won't stop podcasting that's right. We can't stop because tonight we are covering uh, the Molly-induced blur of um, Miley Cyrus's "We Can't Stop" and the rest of her album uh, "Bangers," which, uh, as this album, uh, this podcast goes live, is uh, out today uh, on uh, October eighth. Uh, and so, and you know, the internet has been basically saturated with Miley Cyrus for I mean, well, I mean, really for the last month now, but it's then reached a fever pitch with the last uh, week. Um, what with her Twitter feud with. Shane Nate O'Connor and, um, and, and her hosting of Saturday Night Live. Um, but we're going to jump in, you know, because last week, you know, this, this iteration of TFT is really kind of delving into some of the themes that we've dealt with on TFT, but in the context of, um, of, of pop music. And we spent last week um, covering Lord's Royals um, and some of the, the rest of uh, her debut album, Pure Heroine. Uh, I think uh, it makes sense to kind of jump into, um, you know, what, what can be said about Miley the Miley Cyrus phenomenon and about um, the album bangers so the, uh, that hasn't been said. Yeah. The interesting you know? thing, uh, I mean, I, I feel like we just dipped our toe into Lord and yeah. you sent around a, um, uh, the pitchfork review of pure heroin, which I thought was like a really very interesting and astute uh, set of observations. I feel, I feel like I'm slipping into the phone sex voice also just with, uh, just with having you trying to keep it down. Uh, Cause you're staying in a friend's house who has a sleeping three year old. I wonder if, I I mean, I I wonder if this could be a watershed moment for TFT um, and just having to be child, uh, having to be child, having to be childlike in our innocence. Uh, (laughs) This is, um, it's, it's an experimental anti-noise collective. That's right. It's an experimental white noise collective. <laughs> noise, noise suppression collective. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think there's a lot. I think that there's a lot more to say about Lord. And what I'm hoping is that that uh, I, because I think Lord is a really interesting foil for Miley Cyrus, and so. Um, I mean, at least well, it's... let's let's jump in there then. Yeah. Um, so so you know if, um, if if as Sinead O'Connor said, nothing compares to you. Uh-huh. Um, what 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 compares to Lord or what? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, I mean, the interesting the interesting thing to to me in the Pitchfork article was the analysis of what exactly is going on with this sort of. Auth- outsider pose um, that Lord is taking on pure heroin. And yeah, I mean, she doesn't come, I mean, you, you can sort of ring the changes on this, right? She's not uh, the daughter of a country singer. She, you know, didn't grow up in Hollywood. She didn't, um, you know, as one of her songs on the record says, uh, we, we live in cities you don't see on TV. Um, and, and yet she's very well, sort and of, even, and even she doesn't see the city, right. Um, yeah. on, 
uh, one of the songs, she sort of says that, you know, she's going to find an airplane for the first time yes, and yeah. then just, just then really see the city from this other perspective. And she says, and it's, it's interesting because it's like, she says, I'm going to see the veins of the city, uh, mm-hmm. as though, uh, you know, I should have the lyric in front of me, but it's, it's something like, like you would see from space. And I was really yeah. taken, I was really taken with this idea of space, uh, because space is the place where stars are and it's, it's a sort mm-hmm. of exalted mm-hmm. perspective and it's a, it's a, a sort of controlling perspective, right? Because and, it, and that's, yeah. And that, that's interesting as well, because I think that, I mean, this is a theme that runs throughout pure heroin, um, in that there's a song, um, later on as well, uh, um, that in, in which she, um, talks about kind of stardom, but then also the relationship between stardom and work. Right. And she works so that she can stay on that new shit. Right. Um, uh-huh. and, and that, uh, so, and that she's not really used to that stardom yet and it's not, has not driven her crazy, right? She's still sane, I believe is the name of the song. So the, I mean, w- but the point that you made about, you know, this is a major label release and this is someone who has had a, um, uh, uh, like a development deal with a, a major label, I guess, universal, right. Uh, for, for a quarter of her life, right. They found her at a talent show. Right. Um, I mean, God, where were these people at my talent shows when I was 12? But I, you know, I don't know. I, I was singing, uh, uh, a lot of Tori Amos songs when I was twelve. At, at, at my at my talent shows when I was twelve, I was uh, singing uh, along to the instrumental track of um, "Somewhere Out There" from the uh, 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 American Tale uh, OST. Anima- um, yeah, I'm animated. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm very serious. I'm very serious. It was uh, because I didn't. I was very far away from my um, from my family in Pennsylvania because I lived in uh, Salt Lake City at that time, and I, so I I really sent out my performance of that song with my slightly Elmer Fudded voice uh, out out to them. Nice. Where were the talent scouts then? <laughs> where where were on. they? Right? Yeah, we didn't get uh, you know we didn't get talent scouts. But so the 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 analysis and the Pitchfork article was that. Um, that while the outsider pose is a little, it's so, it's so insistent that it sort of, it sort of raises a question. It seems kind of overdetermined, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, but what, but, but what She's is it? Protest, uh, Lord doth protest too much, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, Yes. And, and that like, what's, what's going on there. But I think the valuable thing about it, and this is what this, this pitchfork review uncovers is that what it's, it's talking about, these songs are talking about, um, the, the space between our life and the representation of our life. That is to say the space between representation and, and experience lived experience. Um, and that, that even for Lord having this kind of rarefied, uh, unique experience, it doesn't, uh, it's not, you know, uh, uh, gold teeth, gray goose tripping in the bathroom. Um, and so forth, right? It's not, it's the, the self conception or the experience of self is, um, uh, uh, you know, is, uh, as it ever was, it was something, uh, it was something like the space between the tweet and the, oh, I forget the very clever phrase, the very clever formulation. I can look it up online, but it, it, it was about something. The tweet, we, I believe it is a tension between the tweet and the truth. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, a truth is problematic. Truth is a truth is a bright eyes word. It's what Connor Oberst says in his songs instead of God. It, but the, yes, but, exactly. <laughs> it's a it's just a cacophony of fevers and mirrors. <laughs> but um, 
but uh, yeah, that, 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 that space that the, the, the art is kind of about coping with that space, the space between, you know, just to return to one of the hobby horses, my hobby horses on TFT, the space between what the work purports to mean and what it actually means, or, or the space between sort of representation, the space between sort of a thing, um, and the representation of a thing. What's interesting, and this can maybe then be a springboard into Miley, into into discussing Miley Cyrus, is that you know where that echoes with um, some of the uh, the other uh, substance that we've covered on TFT is that you know where we've seen this before, in, in the same way that's very similar to Lord is in the character Dan Humphrey in Gossip Girl, right? Um, who was this? Who was the the person who had this outsider facade and this outsider present self presentation, but then ultimately you know created this again this tension between the tweet and the truth right or the other thing that is in that sense in the pitchfork review is the cumulative effect of the little digital fictions right and and especially as gossip girl came together with dan humphrey being gossip girl spoiler alert um that you know this this outsider really kind of you know created this thing that put him at the center was the most important person and you know this is again we're in a in a situation where um the you know we both have the outsider um if if lord is kind of the dan humphrey of the current pop landscape um and is you know now kind of sitting across atop the billboard charts um then then how do we see miley cyrus who as you say is this daughter of a country star um disney product and you know how do we kind of see them in juxtaposition right, with we, each see, other? I, right we see her as as de- as a delivery system for a corporate product, right? Rather than, I mean, we talked about the, the, the continuum between the, the most, uh, cynical and produced and the most authentic. I mean, and those, the, those are both sort of straw men or sort of straw, uh, teenage girls, right. At either end of that spectrum. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting as a, as a heuristic for like how, how you would evaluate a, a particular song or singer, uh, sitting on that spectrum. Um, but to you know, I don't know. Right? I we we um we would. I think I think the opinion would be uncontroversial. I think we would agree that that like My, Miley Cyrus is less an artist of herself uh, than Lord is. I mean, even even taking a a, a pseudonym, right? Like even recording under a. Um, under a name, it's not like, it's not like her real name is a secret, right? Like it's in every article, but like the, the idea that like, this is a, this is a persona, this is something that she's responsible for something that she has constructed. Um, and, and even some of the weaknesses of of the album, I mean, even the, even the idea that, uh, yeah, that it kind of returns to the same concerns over and over and over. And, and th- there's a, a slightly undifferentiated quality to, to some of the, the, the lesser tracks, I think on, on pure heroin. Um, ha- now having, having listened to it a lot more than I had last week, um, even that sort of goes to, goes to something that we might say belongs to the discourse of authenticity, right? Like the fact that it's not the fact that there's no one, you know, no one punching it up, uh, in, in, I don't know, in, in certain ways to make it more commercial. 
Yeah, I mean, um, I think that's I think that's true. I think let's 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 keep a pin in Lord though, because yeah, I feel we like we should um, move, we should move over to 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 Miley. So, the, um, and I think though it's interesting that you're saying about this kind of the use of the pseudonym and obscuring identities. Did you do you know um, Miley Miley Cyrus's birth name? I don't. Destiny Hope Cyrus. Oh wow. Mm hmm. And then she's then renamed or as uh, uh, her, her stage name. So Miley Ray Cyrus is her stage name. Wow. Okay. So that's, I mean, that's very interesting, but that's like, well, I, so what's the process there? It's almost like going from, going from an outlandish name to a normal name. Right, going from a normal name to an outlandish mm-hmm. name, mm-hmm. like Lord, right, represents one kind of representation of self. Going from a uh, an outlandish name, not that a Destiny Hope, I suppose, is a uh, is all that uh, is all that outlandish. But going to a to a name that maybe raises fewer eyebrows um, is uh, Destiny Hope sounds like it's like from the like Star Wars sequel uh, <laughs> like generator like um, online online widget. Well, there, um, so there. I mean, there's a tradition in English of well, actually, in in a lot of languages of virtue names, right? And uh, so, like you you would put like Prudence. I mean, a lot of them are are outdated, but it belongs to the same family of names as like Prudence or Patience or Chastity or mm-hmm. you know um, Charity. I guess is a name, right? And uh, forbearance. <laughs> <laughs> and in um, in uh, in German, like, like Liebegott or, uh, actually Liebegott is, um, is Mozart's middle name. Uh, it's just happened to be translated in, into Latin for Mozart. So it's Amadeus, um, you know, God, God lover. Uh, so, right. This is, this is, there's sort of a a long tradition of this, but I kind of want to unpack destiny a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. Because what is the destiny? If you're saying that there's a destiny, well, what is the destiny? And is she sort of fulfilling her destiny? And, and is this sort of, uh, foreordained, right? Like in some sense, I, we, so, uh, we know are, it is are you there. Saying, are you saying that Miley Cyrus has always already twerked? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So, so many things happened this week, right? Like these, uh, these extraordinarily, even for Terry Richardson, extraordinarily crass Terry Richardson photos. Um, I just don't understand I don't understand why beautiful young women would want to be photographed by Terry Richardson. Uh, right. Do, do you right. like follow his Tumblr or anything? I, I do not. I, I don't recommend that, that anyone do. Uh, but it's, it's, um, you know, he is really like, he is really everybody's creepy uncle. Uh, and there's always like a picture of him, like with his arm around the, the, the model and, and stuff. It's very like, he, he is more than usually rapey for the fashion industry. Um, and, uh, so I, I don't understand that, but, but, uh, she went back for more, right? There, there were, uh, there was a set of photographs, um, that I think had to do with, uh, that were in costume from we can't stop and maybe another set that were in costume for wrecking ball. And then she went back for this other, for this other set that was, um, 
sort of released and were uh, extraordinarily provocative, very crass, very revealing of, you know, perhaps more of Miley Cyrus's body, perhaps more of, of you saw maybe more of, of your destiny than you, than it was really wise to see. You, as, you could say it was a manifest destiny. <laughs> <laughs> as, as the, you know, as Oedipus taught us, it's not really wise, uh, you know, for a man to know his own destiny. Um, but, uh, yeah, so there was that. Then Sinead O'Connor, uh, I don't know, breaks the code, right? And like calls Miley Cyrus out um, in well, an but open this letter. Was, this was because the, um, Miley Cyrus um, said in, a, in an interview that um, Wrecking yeah. Ball was like inspired by or an homage to um, the, the iconic video for Nothing Compares to You. So, right? and, the, and this this is like the part of it that is, is the Miley's face on a white background where she's singing straight to camera. And she, she's... Oh, really? I, th- I thought it was the, the licking the sledgehammer part. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was her picture of the Pope, right? So, yeah, I mean, it's this, I mean, it's this inversion... Um, you know, and Miley says uh, in, in either the Rolling Stone interview where she said that or else somewhere else, she said she was really crying because her dog died that day. Also that she doesn't like breaking bad because he coughs too much. <laughs> Wait, did she really say that? Yes. Yeah. I start, I tried to get into breaking bad, but I couldn't, I couldn't make any traction because it's like, he's goddamn coughing all the time. <laughs> so that's that's so much for so much for Miley Cyrus. Well, let's wait. Let's let's. So I think that there's a lot of um, threads that we can kind of follow on Miley Cyrus because so on on that I mean you know there's actually a um, a think overthink piece which is a feature that we don't really do so much in overthinking it um, uh, anymore that um, that Mark Lee and I wrote uh, a few years ago when around the time when party in the USA was out. Um, and we were talking about like the kind of, at that point, um, what was happening in Miley's career was almost a colonization. Like, so that was a first move of, um, manifest destiny, right. um, from, uh, from Nashville to California. Right. And so there's this kind of, you know, inverse, westward, I, I think yeah, I talked westward, a about, like the course of empire. Yeah, exactly. Or almost from a kind of in like inside out or like from periphery to center or something like that. Mm. Um, and in that, you know, she, um, you know, she, she, uh, you know, the, one of the major lyrics there is that, you know, and the Jay-Z song was on and the Jay-Z song was on and that kind of is what makes this okay. But then in interviews, she says, she claims to have never actually heard, um, a Jay-Z song. And I, and, and, you know, I think that what I, what I argue in that piece, and we can link that in the show notes, um, is that this is a rhetorical move, right? That it's, it's a, um, and, and you, I think you see this in these other, um, uh, in these other pieces as well, whether it's about Breaking Bad, um, or about, um, Sinead O'Connor about kind of these, the, these kind of strategic communications, um, uh, that are, that are kind of rhetorically kind of incorporating or rejecting pieces of the, um, the popular culture. Um, and it's in a way, of it's it's a different version of the kind of bricolage that we were talking about last week and that it's about these kind of like you know this ability to deny and affirm right so that you know Miley is going from you know what about 
four, three, four years ago, denying having heard a Jay Z song to having a song that's produced by um, like Will Made It, who's one of the kind of top hip hop producers right now, um, has several uh, guest spots by several kind of prominent rappers, and, and just throughout um, kind of has a dialogue with a lot of like kind of contemporary hip hop and contemporary. Um, you know, um, uh, urban music styles such as trap music and so forth. Well, uh, yeah, not. I mean, I don't know. Not the. What do you think of the singles, though? I mean, it seems like the 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 most prominent songs on this. I, I think if that's happening, uh, well, I think it's happening. With, right, I, like it's it's happening in the in the kind of deeper cuts, right? Uh, so it's it's. I would yes and no. I think that. Um, you know, in some ways, we can kind of focus the most on the two singles because um, "We Can't Stop" is more like that, right? So that, um, and you you hear this really. I mean, "We Can't Stop" is interesting because um, if you listen, like the one of the first things you hear is the is the tag, right? So there's this tag that um, Mike will. Um, uh, who produces under the full name Mike Will made it, uh, which I love. Um, um, it's like it's like a who's on first kind of situation. Yeah, because um, um, yeah, his name is the producer named Mike Michael uh, Williams, um, and so. Um, but it's not Mike Will, it's Mike Will made it, and so you you get that tag right away, which kind of signals. Oh, this is going to be a hip hop song, and then yep. you have the the slow, the, the kind of um, ultra slowed uh, vocals. But then when the song comes in itself, like you could imagine, and you kind of saw this if you, um, if you watched the uh, Saturday Night Live performance, which with the acoustic guitar, like that's more like ultimately musically still kind of old Miley, right? And there's this kind of interesting, you know, as we're talking about, um, you know, this question of what is the destiny? Um, and is this kind of, is, is there a kind of a movement away from the destiny? And is this kind of new identity and the kind of new Miley, um, like a move away from that? Or is it ultimately just a way of doing another strategy for doing the manifest destiny of, of Miley? Yeah. Um, yeah, that was the thing. I mean, production wise, there's enough kind of electronic stuff that it's, it's kind of divorced from, uh, to me, it doesn't, it, it, it's a different beast than say party in the USA. Uh, I think it's, um, the, the thing that like got me though, was the, the kind of the slow tempo, uh, you know, some of the like melodic, the 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 slow melodic development and stuff like this like it 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 sounded like elegiac to me it sounded almost kind of mournful um in this song it it sounded kind of mournful in the song that was supposed to be about like exuberance and partying but it it struck me that like we can't stop is like a very different thing to say than you can't stop us Right, right. Like no, a lot no, of those, we can't of- stop. Is the is the language of like addiction or compulsion, um, uh, or you know, it's that we we are doing this. It's almost yeah, like or of servitude, almost right. Like of uh, you know, in uh, of sub- subservience or of uh, like a subordinate position to authority, right? Well. Or of kind of the inexorable march of time, right? That like huh. you know that 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 
like we are moving forward right and and so there on the one hand there although there's this this kind of image about being being young and kind of living in this way in fact we can't stop we can't kind of this moment can't um you know be held right so it's kind of continuing so it's like there's almost this kind of the song like i mean i think you're right that there's almost like at a certain point, it's a funeral for the present moment, right? That 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 each you know each moment, like we can't stop, so we keep going, we keep going, and we keep going. Um. So, uh, so then the other thing that was interesting to me is that just the syntactic construction in the chorus of "Can't you see it's we who own the night? Can't you see it's we who bought that life?" Um, I suppose in natural language, I would say like, can't you see it's us, which is, I suppose in the kind of the algebra teacher's view of grammar, uh, not correct because right. Like, uh, on both sides of the equal sign on both sides of the linking verb, things are supposed to agree in case and number. Um, but that like, uh, the, the kind of the formalism of that, I think seemed to be gesturing at something. I'm not entirely sure what, but like, but, um, can't, well, uh, but yeah, who, who, is, I mean, who is you the see you, it? who is the you, for example, in, in, in that, in that sentence, right? Like the, there's, there's a very kind of interesting, there's shifts in the narrative, right? Like the, the, um, it's our party. We can, we can do what we want. It's a party. We can say what we want. It's our party. We can love who we want. We can kiss who we want. We can see who we want. Um, like these are statements that are, that seem to be set in opposition to uh, to some sort of outside person, some sort of interlocutor or listener who uh, is insisting that uh, either it's not your party or else it is your party and you can't do what you want, right? Because if you actually are doing what you want, you don't need to like assert your right to do it. So there's this kind of like undermining, there's this kind of like always already undermined your, your, your ability to do what you want or your right to do what you want. Your license is always already undermined by your assertion uh, that you have license um, to do that because it, it, it the fact so that you need to right? assert so... that the fact that you need to assert that implies that there's someone out there who you are worried could take it away from you. Well, and I think that then that's interesting because then it's, I mean, talking about the kind of ulteriority, right? So if, if, um, if, if Miley is kind of asserting, um, about kind of owning the night, um, but really that's, you know, protesting too much in that way. Um, and then, and the Lord is kind of, um, you know, hammering how much she's an outsider, but is really kind of signaling how much she is the insider, right? That there's this kind of sermon on the Mount situation, right? So blessed, blessed are the Lords because, because Lord shall inherit the earth. Right. (laughs) Um, and so, um, I mean, so, so, so yeah, cause what, I mean, so if there is this kind of protesting too much, um, characteristic to that assertion of, of about owning the night. So what does what does that mean with with respect? Like like well, and it's also I mean the, it's, maybe it's maybe it's like connection to like legalistic language, right? Like can't you see it's we who own the night, right? Like maybe the formalism goes to kind of like contractual language or or you know sort of property rights, yeah, right? exactly something like that. It is you know it is the party of the first part who owns the night, you know. Uh, 
and and that um you know there's like there's an an inalienable an inalienable right to party right yeah and that's um like we fought for this right to party (laughs) (laughs) well you know you gotta but the uh the the (laughs) (laughs) um i'm reminded of some of the discourse around the framing of the the bill of rights the u.s bill of rights right like that like um it 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 seems clear that at least some of the framers did not intend these to be an exhaustive list of rights and they were worried that by encoding some of them uh that it would be a, a sort of enumerated rights situation where where you know under law you only have the rights that are uh, that are enum- enumerated and not any of the many other rights that you have you know that you're endowed with by nature or nature's god or whatever um and i i uh i i sort of wonder i sort of wonder if there's not a, a similar anxiety operating here, you know, that there's, there's, there's an undertone of, I called it maybe an elegiac undertone, um, before, but it's, it's like, um, I don't know, maybe it's a very, it's a very anxious, uh, it's a very anxious undertone. And so the, we've had the language of, of like property rights, the language of law. And then there's also kind of the language of religion, right? That's like, mm-hmm. uh, to my homegirls here with the big butt shaking it like we at a strip club. Remember, only God can judge you. Forget the haters because somebody mm-hmm. loves you. Um, and then there's this well, thing that, about, and you know, that fits with these ideas. Like, like you're saying that, like, you know, and this, this, you know, that, that, a lot of the kind of natural law theorists and, you know, especially both, you know, your Hobbes and, and your Locke, oh, your kind of, your kind of classic enlightenment um, political theorists kind of really thought about that. You know, they, they didn't, they wouldn't necessarily disagree with that kind of linking that kind of statement of kind of, you know, rights based approaches to, you know, that, that natural law ultimately was kind of rooted in, um, in, in, in a divine place, right? That um, it wasn't necessarily at that point in this kind of more secular humanist place. Um, so I think that that is, um, that's consistent with that. And I think that maybe the other thing, you know, I feel like, you know, reading the lyrics of this in this way is that I think what this is related to um, and how it kind of relates to the, you know, the trajectory of um, Miley is, is ultimately about kind of adulthood as well. Right. And, and I know this is about, um, you know, her being a 20 year old. Right. And so that, you know, she's kind of, there's an assertion here of, no, no, I'm an adult. Right. Um, and you know, I can do this. Um, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's sort of the underlying anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's well, and, it's and funny. That, like a, yeah. a lot of the indie rock that that you know I like, and and some of it you introduced me to. Uh, a, a lot of those singers are sort of beginning to enter middle age, right? Your John mm-hmm. Darnielles and and your Connor Oberst's and I don't well, know, and, yeah, Craig Finn of yeah. the Hold Steady, sure. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, this wasn't one of our guys, but like John Roderick has been in the, the, like the internet consciousness a lot recently. And it seems like that the, the anxiety provoking thing is sort of entering middle age, right. In that, in that music. And here it's, yeah, it's like, it's like, um, you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of like going home, uh, 
going home to Los Angeles after having been away at college for three months and wanting to like go out and party with my friends in Los Angeles just to demonstrate that I wasn't, you know, subject to my mother's, uh, 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 you know, control anymore, right? Like you sure. can't set a, you know, uh, we run or, things. Or, or, yeah. Or what, what could we call the, uh, uh less than zeroing, right? Um, <laughs> um, um, right. Cause I mean, that's basically kind of the kind of arc of, um, Brett Easton Ellis's less than zero, right. Um, sure. is like the, it's, it's a, length treatment of the like we can't, can't stop music video right <laughs> this i mean and then the kind of the final thing in the lyrics that i want to touch on is the is at the end of the at the end of the chorus right the the formulation like we run things things don't run we mm-hmm. we don't take nothing from nobody uh and that like that that is of a piece with this kind of sort of desperate or very anxious declaration of adulthood, right? Like we don't take nothing from nobody. I mean, of course we know in, uh, you know, in civil society, we, we are all interdependent. Like we all take things from, from each other. We all run things and things run us. Um, you know, this, this, uh, this kind of unqualified, um, this unqualified uh, assertion, the, or the unqualified nature, rather, of these assertions, are what what seem to to kind of undermine them. Right, um, and and I think that I mean I think that part of what I'm thinking about with that then is I mean I think the other part that's being asserted here is also you know in, in addition to the kind of just general assertion of agency that comes with adulthood is about kind of um, an assertion of artistic uh, agency, and I think this this also comes down to part of how we were kind of contrasting Miley Cyrus um, with with Lord is that there's a perception there you know a perception and a reality that there's a large um, machine around um, Miley Cyrus uh, that is kind of you know producing this image and producing these strategies, and I mean this is even in the discourse of um, Sinead O'Connor. Several of uh, Sinead O'Connor's um, open letters is they're saying like you know I don't know who is advising you um but this is a mistake right and that you are being you are kind of being pimped out right um by this and and you i mean you see you know either i mean you know we don't know a lot about the the process behind um you know kind of exactly the you know the right if we can't stop but you know if if that itself is machine you know is produced by the kind of songwriting machine the kind of image production machine then it's like i mean we basically are at like pop song judgment day like the 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 machine has become self-aware right (laughs) and 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 skynet you know skynet uh has 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 become become aware and so now the the machine is kind of like re-cannibalizing pop culture right so that you know you have the the kind of you know 16 year old indie bedroom singer who's really kind of you know produced um, you know, is, is actually this kind of, you know, coached, um, you know, coached developed product. And then you have the kind of coach developed product that itself is asserting independence in this way. Right. right. It's, and, and, I mean, and so like at, at, at some level, Sinead O'Connor's open letter was about false consciousness, 
right? Yeah. It's about like your, your idea, your ideas about yourself are actually generated by a set of economic relations, which are, you know, uh, whose operation obscures their operation to you, you know, and that like, there was also a kind of moralistic tone about, uh, about sexuality and, you know, your body belongs to you and your, your boyfriend. And I think that that's maybe, that's maybe not, I think we should maybe accept that uncritically because there are all kinds of like modes of performance. But what, what Sinead O'Connor is saying that, that I think is, is perhaps more robustly defensible is, um, uh, the idea that, uh, that the, the performance is being deployed to aims ulterior, uh, Mm -hmm. to the ones that you are purporting, uh, it's being deployed for. Right. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's true, but is that, I mean, I guess the interesting thing is, is that, like, a controversial point? Like, does anyone does does anyone take those kind of aims at face value? Um, or am I just in such a hypercritical mode that I'm already, you know, kind of seen like a, seen like a Sinead? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's sort of interesting. Like, uh, does anyone, does anyone buy this? I mean, the idea of overthinking it, right? Like the idea of our site does, um, you know, maybe there is an elitist presupposition that most people are not overthinking it or even thinking it right. Like most people are just, uh, consuming. And, and I think that's, that's probably not actually the case, right? Like it's a media landscape that is sophisticated enough that, that people don't, um, you know, that, that I think even very young, you know, like even even uh, these following teenagers don't uh, uh, don't assume that this stuff is real, right? Like in the same right. way, yeah. Oh, and I, this actually reminds me a little bit um, of a book. I don't know if I've talked about this at all uh, on this podcast, but there's a, um, a book called Ambiguities of Domination um, by a political scientist, uh, Lisa Wadeen, um, that studies uh, Syria um, under the, the kind of previous regime or the previous um, kind of ten- leader, um, uh, Hafiz al-Assad, the father of the current uh, president. Um, and what you know, this is kind of about is, is trying to understand the kind of cult of personality and like major public, um, spectacles, uh, in this regime and kind of, you know, and try, starts from the puzzle that like, and, you know, his base is based on kind of in-depth, um, ethnography in Syria. And this is that like no one, that there's not even really a false consciousness here, that no one really believes these spectacles of, you know, that, you know, there's almost North Korea-esque spectacles of praising Assad as a gallant knight or the country's premier pharmacist. And that, you know, what she argues is that this is not false consciousness, but that there's, this, in fact, this more kind of complicated dynamic going on that, in fact, most many Syrians kind of believe that this is bullshit um, and that um, they they kind of, you know, in private mock, you know, mock Assad. And there is kind of shows up at the at the big rally you know everyone still like you know holds up the placards that you know form Assad's face and that that itself the fact that that no one believes in it and yet everyone's still doing it is what actually reinforces um the power of the regime right and so it's this and and um and and so it's this kind of Foucauldian idea um and so that this is like an interesting thing of you know it's it's you know there's a question of and so that kind of 
fits with a situation where, in fact, even if we believe that, you know, you know, oh, we are the overthinking, we, us plus Sinead O'Connor are the overthinking elite. And, um, and, you know, just if more info think, then we, you know, um, you know, we could uh, essentially all throw off, uh, throw off our chains. Um, but in fact, we're all kind of, um, we are all overthinking and we yet can't, we're we also can't stop. All, we won't yeah, stop. We can't stop. We can't we, stop. We think things they don't think we, but, um, you know, in fact, you know, we, we, uh, we'll, because we are not on Molly, we actually will stop uh, at some point. And I think now is about a good, as good of a time as any. I don't um, know. I mean, I don't understand how you, you know, cause I know you go to, you know, these dance parties or at least you have, and, and on this podcast, you've, you've, uh, outed yourself as, as identifying with the straight edge community. And, um, I don't understand how you, uh, withstand those things unaltered for, for, you know, a period of, of hours or even. In like dozens of minutes i have i take the little molly in my soul <laughs> <laughs> um uh the molly of life the molly, the molly um, within but yeah so if uh listeners if you're taking the molly within um go ahead and hit us up on uh you know tweet on us at, at tweet on us tweet at us at uh at tft podcast um uh hit us up on the show notes i think we've um started a um overthinking it forum thread thread uh for your longer form uh reading responses yep. uh on on tft and um, we'd like so, to move you know, we'd like to move everything there i mean a, a lot of the discussion was kind of getting lost because it was coming to us in the form of yeah. email and that doesn't really benefit we're we're really after a kind of public goods provision and that's yeah. what we've talked about that so it's it's important that things be done in in a public forum um we can get into some discussion on the comments but now there's a tft uh there's a tft forum section yeah in the overthinking it forums yeah so um kind of hop on there and um you know uh hop on uh you know give us your read on uh on bangers as a whole or on um you know particularly on uh the, our close reading of uh we can't stop um and it, even though we stop we're stopping now uh for this uh this episode we're going to kind of continue on next week and we'll um through our various media say what's next on the syllabus whether it's um you know one of the several other albums that are uh, out right now or maybe a return to lord but we'll kind of keep swirling through these uh this uh this range of of topics that we're that we're covering in this uh new iteration of these 